You're listening to Get Real KC with Jen and Eric. Kansas City's consumer-facing real estate podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Get Real KC, where we are overflowing with a passion for all things real estate. I'm Eric Jurgensen. And I'm Jennifer Justice. And today we're excited to share with you our third installment in our Home Sellers Education Series, Showings and Open Houses. Let's get right to it. What's the first thing that you need to know as a seller about showings? Is your house clean? Have we talked about cleaning? <laughs> do we talk about cleaning? Right. No, I, I was going to go for it. The first thing you have to do is you have to be prepared in this market and really the Kansas City market for the last four or five years. You have to be prepared to show your house the day it goes on the market. Absolutely. And, you know, that that became a big deal with our MLS even is there, there's a little toying around that agents do sometimes. And that's just not permissible in this market where there's such competition. So when you are ready for your house to be on the market, you need to be ready for a potential buyer to walk through the door and your home needs to be in show ready condition. So if it goes on the market, um, a common common days are Thursday and Friday, but let's say you put your uh, agent puts that on the market for you late Thursday night, you should be ready for somebody to show it as early as Friday at the earliest time you have available. Absolutely. And if you put it on at you know, four or five in the afternoon, you better be ready for people to walk through the door. As I tell my sellers these days, let the circus and the zoo begin because it's going to be like the animals running out of the zoo, the number of people that are coming through your front door. I know when I work with buyers, I feel like well, like like we're yeah, tre- treading into Noah's you're Ark. Heard, right? Yeah, that's right. Right. So let's talk about as a seller, how much control do I have about the 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 rules and the the dates and the times. What kind of control do I have when it comes to showing? Well, you have a lot of control, but the things you want to think about, you know, do you have pets to get ready? Do you have kids to get ready? How much notice are you going to need for your showings? These are all things that you as a seller are in control of. And we, your realtor, can help you facilitate. So say you only want showings, you know, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. or whatever that is. We can set those parameters for you and then get your showings approved on a case-by-case basis. So hang on, if somebody wants a showing, that means they don't automatically get it or can they automatically, how does that work? Just depends on how you as a seller want that set up. So you are in the driver's seat as the seller, especially in the seller's market here, and you can determine, hey, I want those set up on a confirmation, meaning I've got to confirm the showing when it comes to me and I've got to say yes or no. So I do have the option to decline. Obviously, we don't recommend that you decline showings, but we do understand and there's instances that may not allow you to show the home. So you have the ability to set it that way or a go and show. Say you're going to go out of town. You can set it to a go and show for the weekend that you put it on the market and you say, I'm just not even going to be there. You guys show the home. You know, we we can uh, still keep a log of those showings, but you set it up and just let them go and show. Right. So we can talk about a couple of scenarios that are pretty common in those. Like one uh, for me very personally is when we sold our last home, my elderly mother lives with us. We're a multi-generational family. And so to get her up and out of the house and everything uh, took some time. So we made it that every showing had to be approved. Now, we also approved them pretty quickly. And on the rare occasion that we declined one, we immediately 
contacted the the buyer's agents and said, here's our circumstance. And uh, and everybody was very forgiving and will be in this market for sure. But you, you definitely, uh, that's a scenario where you would definitely want to say, hey, I want to approve every showing. And, and you know, I've got a house that's on the market right now that uh, nobody lives in. Vacant, yeah. It's vacant. So they can go and show. They go and show. They If they request it, they get an approval. And the great thing about being a seller in this market and technology is that there's lots of different ways you can do this. You can do this as easy as a text message. You can do this through an email. Or if you'd like that phone call, you can still get that phone call. So lots of different options, easy to approve or decline, and just what you need. Absolutely. Uh, a couple of other things you can limit, uh, as you already mentioned, the time parameters, uh, how early I'll allow showings in the morning and how late I'll let them go in the evening. Uh, you can control, as you mentioned, the notifications you receive and and when you receive them, uh, how often, et cetera. So you have a lot of control, uh, even though you do need to be ready to have people in your home immediately. Yes. And you know, another thing I want to talk about is if you have any you know steps or, or safety hazards in in your home, you're actually going to want to kind of mark those and just make sure that it is, again, show ready. Um, a lot of people don't have any hazards in their home, but if there's a big step, like uh, one that was mentioned in one of the examples I was reading is a big first step going down in the basement. You might want to put a note on that door just to warn people. So different things like that that you can do. Another thing that this system that we're talking about allows us to do as agents for you, the seller, is give you feedback on your home. So we can automatically send that out for you, and then we can give you feedback on the showings that are occurring for your home, which is a a fantastic feeling as a seller. You want to know what people think, right? And good, bad, or indifferent, we're going to be able to help you with that. So let's move on to uh, how do people access my home, right? Because if I'm going to leave my home, I'm going to lock it up typically. So how, do, how does that work? So as a seller, you want to be prepared with keys and we as your realtors will be prepared with that lockbox. So make sure you have some extra keys so that you can have one yourself and obviously put one in that lockbox so that agents can access the home and log those showings through iBoxes or through whatever means, whether it's the showing time or the uh, iBoxes that we have available there. So we're going to have all the keys though, sheds, garage doors, back doors, any type of thing. You know, if it's land, there's a lot of gates sometimes and you want to have those keys. And it's really helpful if there's a multiple number of keys to label them. Absolutely. And I know with detached garages, a lot of times what we see is we see the garage door opener on the counter. So that way you can get into attached garage, but then you know the agent puts that back for the next people who are looking at the house back on the counter. It's a great way to have it out there as well. So just make sure that all the areas that um, they're that a potential buyer is going to want to get into and look around that they have access to it. That's important. Yeah. And in terms of a couple other things we want our sellers to think about is safety. So when you put your house on the market, you may or may not think about this, but we as your real estate professionals want to make sure that we mention this to you. And if, you know, we, we want all real estate professionals really to be mentioning this to their clients. But one of the big reasons we're doing this is just to get the word out, right? So safety. Let's talk about if you have firearms, you put those away, you lock those up, you make sure that those are out of sight, out of mind. Don't leave money laying out on the counter, right? <laughs> Prescription. But you know, you say that and everybody's like, of course, I'm taking my purse or my wallet with me. But you got to think about um, just in general, what about the change jar? Um, those kinds of things, you know, I, I stuff a few bucks and, and I'm not saying that people who walk through your home are going to do untoward things, 
But the reality is, is you're letting people in your home you don't know. So you've, you know, err on the side of caution is our advice. Absolutely. And we try and really vet clients to make sure they're pre-qualified. We do a a diligent job of talking to our buyers before they come through the door. We don't just uh, pick the hitchhikers up off the side of the road, not to say our our competitors do that. But, you know, some people don't do the same job that we do vetting people. So just be aware of that, you know, and prescriptions in this day and age is is another big one. And I think people take that for granted and don't think about that. But take those prescriptions out of the medicine cabinet. They may be out of sight, but just go, people are going to open things when they come through your home and look at their home. They're looking at this home to buy. So they're going to open drawers. They may open medicine cabinets, you know, so just put away those things. Also those jewelry and those valuables. I recently walked through a home and I was shocked. I think it was probably their original engagement ring, but it was on a beautiful frame pinned up and it was very well done, but it was something that somebody easily could have lifted off of that little pin and taken. And it was a gorgeous ring. So I, as their agent would have said, put that away, Right. Yeah. you know, don't leave that out there, you know? So that's just one of those things that we like to talk about with our folks and, and we want to educate y'all about just to make sure that you're being taken care of. You know, you mentioned privacy and you mentioned that people are going to open things. And I, I think that's something really important to note. Number one is they should be opening things if it's attached and going to stay with the house. So they're going to be opening your closets and looking at them. They're going to be opening your medicine cabinets to see how deep is that? How wide is that? How much space do I have in there that, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And let me tell you what happens because I've done it myself is you get in the habit, uh, particularly now when uh, with COVID guidelines, they're asking uh, frequently realtors to do all the opening and closing. And so I'm like, I'm trying to get it, you know, two steps ahead of my client and make sure that everything's open and still give them the ability to wander around the house like they want. And uh, uh, I just start opening things. And the next thing I know is I'm opening the drawer on a dresser. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 the dresser is not the house. But so people will do that just out of, uh, I want to open and look. And so you there's really no particular areas that are are significantly safe in terms of uh, privacy. Uh, so just don't take your pills and shove them in your drawer, et cetera. Uh, you know, you want to do something else. I, I can tell you with guns, one one of the recommendations I make, if you don't have a quality gun safe, is it's just to get them out of the house. Absolutely. Get, take them to take them to your brothers, your moms, your dads, uh, a trusted neighbor, whatever you have. Absolutely. Um, Another thing that I think you need to be prepared for now, I know that we talked about this a lot in our prep episode. Uh, you, you jokingly mentioned it at the, at the top of the podcast, but you're going to have to keep it clean. Yeah, the, one of the best things you can do, easiest things, I mean, maybe not easy, is keep your house clean. So in between evenings, you know, just uh, run that vacuum, freshen things up, wipe things down, especially like you said, in this COVID environment, um, we as realtors are coming through, I'm coming through with Clorox wipes after I'm done here and making sure that everything is clean. But you as a seller can also still broom your house clean. And uh, your realtor should be able to help with certain things, particularly in inclement weather. If there's a lot of dust and you've got hardwood floors, maybe they'll provide booties for you and some instructions for their uh, the agents that are showing the house to make sure that people are taking their shoes off or putting booties on. It's not always required, but just the kind of thing that should happen. And it's also something that we should mention about being prepared for uh, this uh, podcast is being recorded right now in uh, September of uh, 2020. We're in the, in the throes of a pandemic. So COVID-19 is out there. Uh, one of the things that you can uh, ask for is to only have decision makers 
in the house, which kind of helps a little bit in the privacy safety because one of the groups of people that will open things uh, with not thinking about it at all are small children, right? So they'll open things and so frequently we'll say, hey, can you only have decision makers in uh, the home? So that might help. And then the last thing in terms of being prepared, and, and this is a huge topic and what we wanna spend a, a minute or two on it because you mentioned it earlier, pets. Pets are a big deal, right? Do I uh, leave my pet there? Do I take my pet with me? What if I can't? Do I crate my pet? What if I have uh, something other than a dog or a cat? Do cats run free? Am I worried about people letting the cat out? All of these kinds of things. So these are big topics. So Absolutely. We've talked about communication before, and this is another one of those pieces where it's important to have that good communication. So will the pet be in the home? Is there a cat that can't be let outside? Make sure you're leaving this communication for potential folks that will be in the home and also putting that information in different places. Uh, as your agents, we're going to put that in showing time in the MLS if it's super important. But we would recommend that you have your pets crated or you know that you remove them from the home, especially dogs, because that a lot of buyers are not necessarily going to be in that. We may realize that 65% of the population have some type of pet and most people are going to be pet friendly, but you know, you've got to cater to the large uh, majority here. And so that includes everyone and having your pets put away or removed from the property. Hey, great chance to experience doggy daycare, you know, take, take your pet out to play, go to Barquet. I hear Barquet is great. I still haven't made it down there myself. I don't have a dog right now, but definitely something I intend to do. I would say that we see cats left to roam free a little bit more often. Yeah, and the notes not to let the kitty out. Right, and that, that's a pretty common one. Um, or not to let the cat in. I, I actually had a client that oh, really? had a, a neighborhood cat, if you will. It was just a roaming kitty, very friendly kitty, but its food was at their front door, but there was a specific notation, do not let the black cat that eats at the front door in the house. It does <laughs> not belong in yet. the house. Oh, I, yeah, I had a seller with that exact situation. They had indoor cats, and then they had this one outdoor cat that they had adopted, so to say, and were feeding it, but it did not belong in their house, and they wanted to make sure people knew that. There, there's always a risk, right? You you want to appeal to the broadest audience possible. There's always a risk when you leave your pet in your home that somebody will have an allergy, which is another reason why you have to tell them what's going on. People with uh, cat allergies and dog allergies, or a cat more than dog. But the other risk is if you have a non-traditional pet, if or the two basic ones, uh, if you have lizards of some kind, snakes, spiders, tarantulas, you need to be very clear with that because there are people that really freak out about those kinds of pets and they need to be warned and determine whether they, if they're going to be there, whether they even want to come in the house. Right. So Eric, you hit on something a little bit earlier and that was that, you know, you guys had your mom in the house while you were trying to sell it and she's in her eighties. And so as a seller in your particular case, you guys were there sometimes. So tell us a little bit more about that in terms of our other clients. Absolutely. So can a seller be present? And, and the answer is to that is yes, they can. The other answer to that is in our market, it's not a particularly customary thing to do. Uh, if you do it, and I've been in many homes where the seller has been present, it's probably less than 5%, but enough where I've got, and, and with one exception, it was a, it was a perfectly fantastic experience. The, the, the seller or the person who was there would simply say, hey, look, I couldn't get out of the house or, or just say, hi, uh, I'm here. If you have any questions, feel free to walk around. And they, they sort of left us be which is primarily what buyers want. They want the comfort of to be able to, hey, I'm going to open your closet. And if you're hovering, I'm going to feel really 
weird about opening your closet. And furthermore, if you're hovering, it's going to give me a really weird experience. And when I walk out of that house, I'm not going to be very excited about it, even though I may not know why. So if you do that, my recommendation is just to make your presence known, but also to, you know, don't scare somebody. Be downstairs and all of a sudden they walk down and say, ah! Oh, I didn't know you were here. You know, and as an agent, I love for the seller to be there. I'm a very conversational person by nature, but I love to ask them questions about where they're going, why they're moving, what were their favorite things about the home if that wasn't left for me, what were the the nuances of the home. So I love it if it's there. I know it makes some people uncomfortable, but I as an agent love it for my folks, but I know not everybody feels that same way. Now, if that becomes kind of like, well, what do I do? I don't. So common things that people can do when they can't really go far or be gone for several hours, they want to come back and check on their pet or they're worried about, you know, the television walking out the door. So one of the common things that are that are done is, is that if you have a good relationship with a neighbor, you just go across the street or next door yeah, and you can look out the window and watch what's going on. Take and, a little drive around uh, the block in your car. And, you know, we did that with my mother who didn't really like to be there, but she couldn't get out. And so there were times when we were capable is we just put her in the car and go down to the corner and, you know, turn on the air conditioner to read a Kindle. So there, there are, those are things that you can do. I agree with you with, when you have somebody that's, you know, uh, I was in a house two or three weeks ago with somebody who was, it was, uh, their parents had been moved to a, a nursing home and she was cleaning up the house and she was kind of emotional, but she was really nice. I mean, we asked a few questions and she was really pleasant. And so it was really great for both me and my client. We're both very comfortable in talking with her. So yeah, there can be a, a positive to that as well if it should happen. But we should mention once again, it's not particularly customary in our area. No, but what does become customary, especially in your higher dollar listings, not in all listings by any stretch of the imagination, is that the listing agent might require to be present. Um, so in the higher dollar homes, a lot of times the listing agent will, number one, require pre-qualification, which we require across the board, come heck or high water, no matter the dollar amount, you know, as a team policy. But in those higher dollar listings, it's very much more common for the listing agent to be there, number one, to tour you through because those homes have a lot of different features that you might not see unless that listing agent was there. Yeah, let's face it. Uh, you know these the, the big. You know, and I'm thinking. You know, certainly over a half a million dollar homes. Uh, they're going to have some features in them that are just. There's too many of them typically. Uh, when you get into the millions and the two millions to, to be able to put down in, in some listing notes, etc. And some of them uh, require certain activation, uh, certain key presses, certain what that that uh, that an agent. They have eighteen thousand more doors than yeah. a regular house does. So it's, a special entrance to the pool. It is. It's extreme common in, in in higher dollar listings to have a listing agent there and to actually run a tour. Another thing, and I actually offer this for my clients really at any price point, um, is it's okay to have your listing agent there uh, to answer questions and uh, as a security measure. And so when you mentioned, hey, I really like having somebody knowledgeable about the home in the home, I can ask them, you know, a variety of questions about uh, th- that can give me some information about the house and really just some character, the nature of the people who are care of it. Well, your, your listing agent can do that for you. Now, very few listing agents do this in Kansas City. There's other markets across the nation where it's extremely common. Uh, but I like doing it because when I list a home, I work the clients and I try to learn everything I possibly can about that home. Because the last thing I want is to have a potential buyer or buyer's agent contact me and say, hey, we noticed that there was a white streak up on the corner of the ceiling here that looked just a little bit off. What do you know about it? And they go, well, hang on, let me ask my client. 
it. I walk through the houses like um, like I'm a buyer, and so that I can go, oh yeah, they had an ice dam. The ice dam's been repaired. There's no roof damage. They had it looked at, and they had to kills that section, and that's why it looks a little bit different. So I love to have those answers handy. And there'd be a particular situation called an open house. Ah, let's talk a little bit about open houses. The listing agent will likely be present, or an agent will be present at an open house, especially if it's an in-person open house. We're going to talk about a couple of different different things going on in this day and age. Technology is real prevalent, but um, during open houses, the listing agent is typically there. You know, they'll they'll put out the signs, they'll put out all the information, they'll advertise, they'll do all those things, and then you're going to have uh, that type of zoo again on typically a Saturday or Sunday afternoon for an hour or two where you as a consumer can walk through the home and the listing agent will give you the uh, the uh, features and benefits, if you will, about the home and some other things. All right. So let me ask the tough question. We said we're going to ask tough questions on this podcast. Let me ask the tough one. Do I want an open house and do open houses actually help sell my home? You know, I- It's not been my experience over the course of uh, 20 some odd years where I sell homes at open houses. I know sellers kind of like open houses, but let's be honest. This is a means for your agent to get more names. There are a lot of people going to be coming through. And as a safety measure, I have people sign in and register or give me their information. I do always ask them if they have an agent or not. That's pretty common, especially in new construction. You have a sign-in sheet. It asks you right there if you have an agent or not. You know, So these things are locked. But this is a means to get more information about consumers and potentially expand their own list of uh, clients. So the common thinking in the industry is that open houses are more for your agent than they are for you because it is very hard to tie back a home sale to an open house. And when that happens, it doesn't happen in a very high percentage of time. It's, the statistics suggest that it's small. Well, and the other thing that's happening right now is by Sunday, the house is sold. Right. So they've put the open house out there and, and by Sunday, the house is sold and they've got two hours of, of open where folks are coming through and you're you're constantly saying, I'm sorry, this home is under contract, but I'd be happy to find you some other homes. Right. So, yeah, I've, and I, that's actually happened uh, to me here uh, like about six weeks ago. Uh, but I do want to point out that that I do believe there is a time for an open house that is incredibly successful, and it depends a little bit about the agent and the brokerage you're working with. Uh, you can go into open houses, and frequently the agent that actually knows everything about the house isn't the one manning the open house. And, and that can happen, right? You can ask for an open house with me on a Sunday that I've already got plans or something. So I might ask somebody else in my brokerage, like Jen, for example, Stevie, someone else, say, hey, can you come run this? this open house. Now, if I do that, I'm going to spend some time transferring some knowledge uh, so that they can speak comfortably around about the house. But not everyone does that. So you want to make sure that if you are having an open house, you have somebody knowledgeable in the house from the agency. Uh, but the other thing, the area that I think is very successful is when you have a strong neighborhood, when, when you have a, a neighborly neighborhood, if you will, that there's a community aspect to the neighborhood, which is in a lot of places, because what I do for open houses is usually a day or two before them, is I go door to door. And I actually literally knock on the doors. And it's really funny, too, to watch people because they're like, I don't know you. I'm not sure if I want to yeah, open the door. Yeah, they're not sure if they want to open the door. And then when I say, my name is Eric, I'm the real estate agent for the Joneses on the corner, 
then they know the Joneses and they immediately say, oh, okay. And then they'll talk to me and I'll say, look, I just want you to know we're having an open house. If you'd like to come see the house, we'd love you to come see it. Here's the information on it, uh, you know, from Sunday from one to three, whatever it is. And the neighbor- We'll have cookies. That's right. We'll have cookies. Uh, the neighborhoods that have strong sense of neighborhood, well, what happens is these people want their friends to come move in with them. So I, I do think that those can be more successful than others if you take that tactic. So ask your agent what it is that they're going to do to make your open house successful. Yeah. And so with that, let's talk about one of the kind of more fun things that has come out of COVID. You know, there's been a lot of bad stuff, but there's actually been some amazing stuff that has come out of, hey, you guys have to make a change because we've got this pandemic going on. And that is virtual open houses. And so those can be done a lot of different ways. They can be done, you know, at a, at a scheduled time. That's still the wise way to do it as an agent is schedule the time and then put it out there on Facebook. So you could do like a Facebook Live and do an open through the Facebook Live. You can set up a scheduled Zoom and invite anyone in the world to this scheduled Zoom in which you're conducting an open house. And a funny thing that happened to me is I set up an open house, a virtual open house, publicized it on Facebook, sent it out to the community that was in, you know, flyered around and so forth. And I had somebody actually show up for the virtual open house. So that's kind of fun, but you need to be prepared for that as well. That could happen because, oh, yeah, they, you know, they showed it, up physically. They showed up physically. Gotcha. Yeah, they came to, which we toured them through and I was just kind of manning and watching all avenues. But it's kind of fun because especially for those out of state buyers that can't attend an in-person open house, this virtual option now gives you the opportunity as the agent to showcase different things about the home and people to actually ask you those questions. And you can go back and revisit those things from anyone throughout the world, which is kind of a fun feature. You know, what's interesting is, and we didn't talk about it when we talked about showings, but really this is an extension of virtual showings. And when you say it like virtual showings, you're like, oh, that's new. That's a COVID thing. And that isn't new at all. Uh, you mentioned out-of-town buyers, and it's really hard for out-of-town buyers, to, particularly if they're coming from a distance, to schedule trips, to see homes, et cetera. And when the market's like ours and homes have to move fast. So we've been doing virtual showings. Through at, FaceTime or whatever uh, for years. FaceTime, I had a, a, Skype. We've been doing that since those tools were available. And so you just don't know it. What's happened is is that your, um, your home was scheduled for showing. The agent showed up with their phone, and they FaceTimed their clients. So that's been going on. This is a great extension of that, um, that, that allows people to come in and see. And the beauty of that, the live stuff is, is people can ask the questions or they can say, Hey, can you take the camera? I want to see that, that those stairs downstairs again, how many are there again? How uh, can you grab the rail and jiggle it? Because I've got a, a, a mobility issue and I'm going to have to yank on that rail. So, and I, I, cause obviously that's something I shop for real seriously when we shop you know, with my uh, mother in terms of buying a new house. So that that's always on my mind is one of those specialty things that's hard to find from a picture uh, that I ended up having to go to homes to do. So you can do those in virtual open houses as well. Yes, excellent. Showings are always fun. It's one of the most fun parts of our profession, actually, is to get out there and just see the different features of homes and uh, for you as the seller learning about your home. Excellent. So I think we've neared the end of our topic here. We've talked a lot about showings, what to be prepared for, whether or not you can have people present. You know, there's one last thing I want to talk about because they work great for both showings and for open houses. And uh, it's something that you introduced me to. I think it's a great thing because we ask all of our clients that are selling our homes to do, and that's to provide the top five flyer. Why don't you talk us through that? Yeah, absolutely. So 
every home has features that are likely something that everyone's going to enjoy, whether that's the back patio and the sounds that it produces, if there's a pond, uh, whether that's the front drive and, and the feel that it gives you when you come up the front drive or the trees or the flowers or whatever it is. There's a lot of perennial flowers or something like that. But we ask every seller to provide us with their top favorite things about their home. Five is kind of the number I like to use. Some people have 10 or or more and you know, 10 would probably be the tops of what I think a buyer that's coming through would probably remember. But five really hits the nail on the head, I think. And so producing that and then putting out a nice piece on the countertop or in that home manual, if you will, for a buyer to come in and just really resonate with their favorite things about a home. I think that's such a fantastic thing. We were leaving this home, but here are the great things about it. We want to tell you how awesome it was sitting out on the sun porch in the spring when the hummingbirds are out or whatever it is. I'll give you one that was missed recently that um, the agent didn't do a top five, but we discovered. So the home had a particularly deep lot and behind the tree line, there was a fire pit area with some wood that the seller wanted to leave and then some benches that were already set up. And honestly, the client made the offer on this home without even knowing about it because it was so far back and the property line wasn't clearly expressed to us that when the agent called me and said, hey, my seller would like to leave that firewood and these different things, we're like, huh? And so when we went back for the inspection, he and I went back there and explored this whole great area that really is a gem of that home. So when you're listing your home, it's important to go through all the steps to protect yourself, to protect your privacy, know what to expect, have a lot of people in your home, but also be willing to share the best parts about your home with them. It'll help sell your home. Absolutely. All right. That's all we have for the third series, uh, third in our series of uh, home selling. Uh, Tune in next time when we talk about the big money, the big dollar sign. Money, money, money. A lot of stuff about money money in our fourth episode. Thanks for joining us. Until next time. You have been listening to Get Real KC with Eric Jurgensen and Jen Justice. For more information or to contact our hosts, visit us at dreamhomesbygen.com where you can find more episodes exploring real estate as it matters to you.